fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Everybody and welcome to Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. Paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, excellence, titles, all the good stuff, none of the bad stuff. Well, maybe occasionally the bad stuff, but we more than make up for it. Seriously, I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Road Street himself. He's been having a rough day, not fantasy football related, uh, <laughs> but you know he's he's been struggling with his other job. If you can believe that. Um, Wolf, how you doing? I feel like I just maybe kind of summed it up, but uh, I mean, it, it was the day off technically veterans day and cheers to all the veterans out there. Thank yep. you for your service. Awesome. Um, and so appreciated for giving us the ultimate sacrifice for all the freedom we have, but yeah, having the day off was a quote unquote, the end of the quarter. So many essays to grade. I thought I would have been done at noon, kind of enjoyed the day, but no, I, I was grading till six o'clock tonight. We were just scrambling to get this all together. The behind the scenes, we got, we should record that someday. Just us like, that's scrambling. actually true. Fire in the notes like you guys could see the uh, behind the scenes productions of what's going on at RSJ. So I wouldn't call it a bad day. Just a really busy day reading a ton of essays, ton of short stories and things of that nature. But we are now live. We got Rashad the God going tonight. So I'm pumped. I'm back in football mode. I've certainly had a handful of beers while getting through my stuff. I know we promised we were going to be drunk before we went live on on Wednesday and Tuesday or whatever we were last together. Monday. Who knows? I've done my part. I've done some lifting ahead of time so we will definitely be getting after it how are you doing today truth how's your day been i'm doing okay it's like you know the the day off when you're a, a dad that's you know home with his kids most of the <laughs> yeah. time is not a day off actually it's like oh uh it's like 10 times as much work as you usually do so, <laughs> exactly um, so anyway that's how i'm doing i'm excited to get into football we got a late start because uh like the wolf said we were uh, scrambling just to get uh finished and you know we have to scramble to get through the mailbag anyway so we're going to get right into it. We got a, you know, fairly interesting Thursday night football matchup between oh, yeah. the Ravens and the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins really, really, really suck. Anybody you're specifically checking out, pulling for, pulling against? Yeah, so I got Rashad Bateman likely on my roster. Uh, I mean, he's on my roster, likely in my starting lineup tonight. I got to decide between him, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry, my wide receiver three. And I literally have them one, two, and three, like 31, 32, 33 in my rankings. When that happens, and I know this isn't how you should make lineup decisions, but I often just default to, I'm going to get some Thursday night football excitement here tonight. I, I, I do have that them all the time. so close. I'm a little bit worried about Watkins coming back and what that's going to mean for Rashad the God. He's only got six, six, and eight targets across his last three, but his usage continues to go up. He continues to make these ridiculous one-handed snags. Now it's the third most points allowed to wide receivers. I know I'm going on rants. It's my team, but so many people have been asking about Rashad. So I did want to make sure to cover him and talk about him. I think he's a good play tonight, and I think I'm going to fire it up. Wolfpack, I know my man Grind Don't Stop. He's he's the biggest Rashad, the the God fan. He'll be in here at some point tonight, I'm sure. Uh, Let me know what you guys think about that, though. Bateman versus Kirk versus Landry. There's also injuries around Landry and Kirk that might make them more intriguing, too. So it is no lock for me, but I do like Rashad. I think there's tons of viable streams. I mean, Devonta Freeman was out there in most leagues entering the week. There's no Latavius Murray tonight. Great matchup for him. So there's lots of Thursday night football juice that was out there in your waiver wire. Of course, though, Lamar Jackson's like the must watch. Like, that guy's just going to go. Last time he faced Miami, he had 37 points and shoved him right at me. It was crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, I think we're going to get right back into that type of mode for sure. Do you have anyone playing tonight? You, you I don't, but my anybody? my opponent has Hollywood and Waddle. So I'm, I hate watching games like that where you're just pulling against people that you know are going to kill you. Anyway, and it's back to and it's back and back too. It's like you don't. It's one thing if it's two right, right. You can't often, like you, you don't breathe. breathe you're going to break. You're like okay, well the Dolphins no have break. the ball. Okay, no, it's like no, nah, you're screwed. You, I mean, so I'm just going to be tense for three hours. You're right? getting tossed um, around all night. I'm getting uh, tossed around all night. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, let's get into it. We're going to have to fly. Give us a like. Give us a love. Whatever uh, currency, what you're watching uh, deals in, give it to us. We really appreciate it. Tell your friends, uh, but not the ones you're going against this week. All right. Yeah. Let's get right into it. Obviously, leading off the news, Rams have agreed to terms with Odell Beckham, which I think is crazy. Uh, he's getting $10 million. No, that's Cam Newton. Never mind. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, <laughs> he's probably not playing this week, but they signed him. Like I said, I think it's a terrible move. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't see why if you're the Rams. What's the point of bringing this guy in? And honestly, across the NFL, I, there's very few teams that I think need to know. It's so hard to say. And this is a lot of people. Let's put like, the Pats in perspective. A lot of people, do you want him to sign? Do you want the Pats to sign Odell? You see the talent. I mean, the guy still makes plays and documented by his own father, ran open quite often there with the uh, the Browns. But it's also documented by his father. He comes with so many headaches, whether it's his dad, whether it's himself. The fact that he handled free agency the way he did, you know, I'm going to take a couple days and I'm going to talk to this team and that team. And yeah, you respect a guy taking his time, making the right decision, but announcing his every step, making sure he was in the spotlight the whole time, just kind of told you exactly what it is. He already was saying, if you're not a contender, don't sign me. I'm preemptively being malcontent and causing locker room problems before he even got to a team. Like, you have to be a contender. You have to have a good quarterback. Otherwise, if you make a claim, I'm going to make life difficult, essentially, was what he was saying. What's he going to be, the third best receiver on the Rams, maybe fourth? Oh, exactly. I I think so. I mean, talent-wise, if he's at his full game, he's better than Robert Woods. He's He's not at his full game. What what would possibly make anybody think he was at his full game? He hasn't been, like – Great in five years, probably. Part of that might be the quarterback play, but yeah, uh, you know, in the last three years, he has two 100 yard games. So, I mean, it, I'm with you. Like, he hasn't put anything on the field that suggests this guy's anything special. Was that an environment problem? Was that an Odell problem? Probably a beautiful marriage of them both, or a disgusting marriage, rather. I don't expect him to be anything fantasy relevant. I think he can help this team if he gets his head on straight. And doesn't talk shit. He can't he be, be a jerk better. if he, if he gets has a game where he's like has two catches for twenty five yards, but his team wins. Like he can't and, be a jerk about it. And he, and that's exactly what it's going to probably be when you have Cooper Cup in front of you. I don't. A lot of people message me now. Do I you know panic trade Cooper Cup? I would go toss some offers out for Cup because there are some owners apparently scrambling and like trying to sell this guy based on some of the offers I've gotten. Message me. Go ask for Cup. That guy is going to see his ten plus targets. Every single week, no matter what, no matter who else is in there, that role is cemented. I do think Bobby Trees could get a little bit of his workload taken, but I still consider Robert Woods the number two there. Odell maybe eventually could overtake him. I'm a little bit more skeptical of Woods long-term. I think the biggest impacts do hit Van Jefferson, like one of our favorite waiver wire guys, a viable streamer these last couple weeks. He, He pretty much becomes nothing. He goes to dust at this point. And Tyler Higby already was pretty shitty. This certainly doesn't help his target outlook by any means either. So I, I think Cup, still the top receiver in fantasy. Maybe Adams takes over because of this move, but really, I don't know. Probably I just want to – I just want to – I know we didn't do this fast, even though I said we are gonna. We needed to go fast. Cup is a full touchdown a game better than the number two wide receiver. 
scoring insane. Line. Yeah. So I don't see anybody leapfrog. If someone leapfrogs him because of this, that's just poor quarterbacking by Matt Stafford, in my opinion. Exactly. Right. So yeah, I, I do think it's the right type of offense and team that can keep him in check. You got the veteran QB, a solid head coach, a great offensive culture. He'll get his every now and again. Uh, but I'm not scrambling to pick up Odell with like the top fab or all that stuff in leagues where he was dropped. I just don't see this being the most fruitful environment for him. I think this offense could be for Stafford's sake. This could become humongous if Odell is the real deal. Uh, but again, Van Jefferson, Higby take big hits. Maybe Robert Woods does as well. Cup still firm. Odell just, there were so many better landing spots for him uh, in terms of sheer volume. I don't think he's going to see that and become a, a meaningful impact player that you can rely upon. Just for the record, I hope it works. Yeah. I mean, you have Stafford, right? You better hope it works. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does work. Like, how could it not? And at the end of the day, if he's fucking being an asshole, send him packing. I would have liked to see him go to the Packers a little bit more. I think there was more room for targets, more room to live alongside Adams. This just seems like a more congested spot than he really had to go to, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Cam Newton, the guy that I referenced about making $10 million, going back to the Panthers. Is he worth the ad? Good question. I mean, he's getting $4.5 million guaranteed. If you compare that to what he was getting uh, with the Patriots, it's three times as much money. Um, obviously the Panthers are not negotiating from a position of power at this point. Sam Darnold, who's terrible, is also <laughs> hurt. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, go with the XFL legend, PJ Walker. No, I, I get it. It makes sense. He was yeah. with rule before he got released. So he somewhat has a, a knowledge of the playbook and he's got to be better than anything else. Certainly better than Darnold and anything else they could have rolled out at this point. And fantasy wise, Konami upside. We talk about it all the time how much more valuable rushing points are. This guy was, I think, third in the NFL last year in rushing touchdowns with the Patriots. He wasn't a great, reliable, dependable, consistent, all the words you want to toss out there, fantasy QB, but he That's had plenty sure. of top five QB weeks when he would run in for two to three scores. I think that upside, Sam Darnold led the NFL in rushing touchdowns through four weeks among running backs and everything. So I do think Cam Newton does come with very, very real Konami rushing upside and he has better weapons than what he had in New England so I think fantasy wise this actually could be intriguing I could see him churning out top 15 numbers from here on out rest of the season just because of his legs but we've seen Jalen Hurts who sucks at throwing churn out top 10 numbers all season I can see Cam Newton being very much in a similar position with those weapons with Christian McCaffrey in the back just at back home the whole narrative is awesome and if it pans out I'd it love is. to see it man I like Cam I want to root for him I have nothing against the Panthers I really hope it works out and fantasy wise there's there's a ceiling where he's a top seven QB the rest of the season because of the legs so I definitely think at only 11 percent rostered right now Certainly in two QB leagues, but if you need a fill-in, like I have Aaron Rodgers, they have the same bye week, which sucks because I wanted to scramble and go get Cam. I think any fantasy roster, though, that that needs a quarterback or is streaming right now and is desperate, you're very well served to add this guy onto your bench. He won't be starting this week. They already said it's going to be P.J. Walker. But moving forward, just because of the legs, I think this guy has very real top five, the top seven upside and probably a top 18 floor. Pretty solid for a guy that's just coming right in off the streets. Again, I hope that works out too. Uh, I'm, I'm a Newton fan, even though I've been unimpressed with him as a quarterback for a while. Um, Thursday night football news real quick before we get into our higher, lower Hail Mary segment, yeah. uh, all that good stuff and, and injury stuff. And we are really going to have to fly. We already got 29 comments. Um, Jacoby Brissett is starting at quarterback against the Ravens. Tua is only going to be active as an emergency backup. So take that into consideration going into the game. I think that just kind of lessens the appeal of Almost everybody, the Ravens are going to kill them no matter what. At least that's how I expect this game to go. 
if Tua was out there, it would be a little more exciting for both sides of the ball. Certainly Waddle will have a little more juice and Gasecki as well, who loved by him. We did see Waddle put up 83 yards on 10 targets, eight catches. Last time Brissett was at QB last week. I certainly think Brissett himself could be a viable. He's at number 21 in my QB rankings. He can run. He, I could see him being a mediocre desperation stream, but ultimately this kind of just caps the, the total and all the upside of a potential shootout. That would have been much more appealing if two was there. Not that two is this great lock for it, but yeah, it certainly lessens the appeal of your Dolphins uh, for sure. Moving to to fucking Brissett. Like, ugh. All right, let's talk injuries. Um, And of course the injury, uh, you know, it's going to be headed up by Kyler Murray dealing with the ankle injury. He is sidelined as of Thursday's practice. He's got a 4 p.m. game on Sunday. So probably going to go down to the last minute to see if the guy can play. Said he feels way better than he did last week encouraging for uh, Cardinals, uh, I mean, slash Murray owners, right? Absolutely. They made crazy strides as far as the, the right direction. We'll see if that ends up coming to fruition. DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of things when we get to receivers, I guess we'll mention him again. Could also be out though, so it'll be a limited cast. It gets tricky with that 4 p.m. start. You'd really have to have a good backup plan in order to wait that one out. P.J. Walker, as we talked about, will remain the starter. That's a very desperation to QB play. So let's move on forward to the Seahawks saying Russell Wilson looks pretty good in practice. He is fully healthy off the injury report. He will be starting. And I think he walks into an immediate smash spot start against a Green Bay team. That that game, as long as Rodgers is playing, should be a shootout for sure. Pete Carroll said Russell Wilson dealing with that finger injury looks pretty good in practice. He has been fully cleared to return and he has not been limited. Uh, Carroll actually said you would never have known he had been hurt. And so, go. I mean, I don't know. Carol's full of shit, but I tend to take him at his word on this one. <laughs> Truth must have not listened to a word I just said because I was just talking about Russell Wilson. I skipped over PJ Walker because it doesn't matter to anybody. <laughs> so we'll move to wide receiver where Chase Claypool is not practicing. He's been labeled week to week. Uh, and so he'll be out. Deontay Johnson, target shower, but also that touchdown upside for Pat Fryermuth remains intact. If he's one of your questions, I've gotten a ton of DMs about him. I love Fryermuth this week. I think he continues that touchdown streak Claypool's absence only helps that ceiling get raised I was listening at the beginning but not at the end uh, <laughs> Chris Godwin dealing with a foot injury and Antonio Brown ankle injury did not practice on Thursday uh Antonio Brown did shed the walking boot that he's been wearing for like three weeks however so that's semi-encouraging right it's definitely encouraging steps in the right direction but the rehab stuff he's doing it's not a guy that seems like he's going to be ready to get out there and play full go so I don't expect Brown Meanwhile, Godwin, the coach is saying it's a wait-and-see approach. If neither of these guys play, I still think Tom's going to be more than okay. I have him at number one QB right now. I'd have to bump him down a couple spots without these these weapons. Mike Evans would just go completely bananas. He probably will go bananas for two to three touchdowns anyways this week. But, man, without these guys on there, you could add like 200 yards to what his total is going to be. Would be beautiful. Uh, After not practicing last week, let's just kind of throw some names that you may have been worried about yesterday that you don't have to be anymore. Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Hunter Renfro, Tim Patrick, A.J. Brown, Cole Beasley, they all returned to full sessions today. Obviously, there's varying degrees of interest and availability and usability among that list, but you don't have to worry about those guys. You may have been worried about them as of yesterday. Julio Jones added to the injury report as a limited practice participant on Thursday dealing with a hamstring issue. Man, I saw his stats last week. Pretty terrible. He, exactly. Terrible anyways and dinged up Julio. Scarecrow potential. Why are we? Why is anybody using him? I've seen him on waiver wires and I don't want him. I'm not picking him up where he's available in my leagues. Like No interest at all. There's nothing here. Nothing here. Justin Jefferson. Vikings OC Clint Kubiak saying they need and he deserves 
more targets, Justin Jefferson. You don't want to come out a game where Justin has those kinds of targets. What was three last week? He had 14 just a couple weeks ago. I imagine he gets that back up here. You were starting Justin Jefferson anyways, but just to reiterate, DFS-wise, this guy's ceiling could be even higher this week. Donovan Peoples-Jones, and this is not due to an injury. He did not practice on Thursday. That would be a blow to the Browns if he didn't practice. He's actually been really good the last three weeks, 70 yards, uh, averaging a touchdown a game over that span, and he's a pretty good deep threat. And she's playing that exactly. The deep threat field stretching role is big part of that offense. So whether that ends up Rashad Higgins is not a deep threat guy. Maybe Anthony Schwartz takes on a few more targets in his absence. Certainly Jarvis Landry's target share would continue to rise as well. And we talked about this, but Hopkins not practicing. Neither was Rondale Moore with a neck and concussion injury. AJ Green has been activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. He was kind of the de facto number two with Hopkins out there. I imagine he'd be the bonafide number one. Should he not play? But Christian Kirk last week in their absences did have almost 100 yards, 93 there, almost threw a touchdown as well. He seemed to have a really good rapport with uh, with Colt McCoy if that ends up being another situation. So this is one where we need more information. We'll see how the week develops. Uh, but as of now, certainly a must-watch story is those, those Cardinals receivers. As we go to running backs, give us a like if you can. Uh, speaking on Thursday, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy said that running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who's on the IR with a knee injury, looked great at practice on Wednesday. Um, personally, I hope he doesn't come back. I'm a Daryl Williams owner. I think he's better. Um, <laughs> usually they activate players off the IR on Saturday, so just keep an eye on him around then. Don't know. Exactly. I don't think he can play him. I've already gotten some, like, do I play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if he plays? No. You got to wait and see. I imagine they take it a little bit slower. But I also don't think you can any longer play Daryl Williams. I'd rather play Daryl than Clyde, should they both be out there. But even then, if this becomes the reason you've been playing, Daryl, is it's 22, 25, like, uh, the touch total, the volume. If that becomes muddy at all in an offense that just isn't that good anymore, then no. I, I don't know that you can go to him. You could okay. probably go to Zach Moss. Concussion was a participant in Thursday's practice. It was with a non-contact jersey, but that is a step in the right direction. They have the Jets. You don't need me to reemphasize how badly the Jets suck. But just anyways, 36 points to running back. But the Jets really seconds. do suck. They are awful, and they are so bad. This is like historic levels of bad against the running back positions. You, if you watched Thursday Night Football last week, that's all you had to see was Naeem Hines had 20 points, and that was – They were handing him the ball, and he was just like running for like 45 yards untouched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twenty. He had 21 points, and Jonathan Taylor nearly doubled his points as the lead back. It was crazy yeah. how many points that backfield was given up. So if Zach Moss plays – I think he's got to be in lineups. If not, I think Singletary has to be in lineups. So that's one to continue to track for sure because of the matchup. James Robinson dealing with a bruised heel. Uh, Carlos Hyde, anyway, Robinson back to practice on Thursday. Carlos Hyde took 22 out of the 24 backfield touches without Robinson. Of course, they won that game against the Bills and really one of the biggest upsets I've pretty much ever seen. Yeah. Um, if Robinson is cleared to play, he, you know, what do you like, RB2, something like that? He'd be a quality RB2. The Colts matchup is not great, but the volume should be. I mean, Carlos Hyde had the toughest possible matchup versus the Bills and was a serviceable play because, again, of volume. I imagine Robinson would walk right back in that workhorse role. Maybe the most meaningful running back story. We want to save this little nugget for those of you that are paying attention here. Alvin Kamara sidelined yet again at Thursday's practice. Our guy, our friend of the pod, Nick Underhill, suggesting he's trending towards doubtful. That would be huge. Mark Ingram would become a top 20 running back play on just sheer volume alone. It's not quite the smash play it would have been in years past because it's not a Drew Brees offense anymore. It's a Trevor Simeon offense, certainly less appealing, but still 
volume nonetheless in a good offense because Sean Payton's always schemed good volume for his running backs. So that could be very meaningful, certainly something to track as we move forward. Chris Carson, off the IR officially. Uh, he's been dealing with this neck injury, so he's back in practice. And um, I'm hesitant, I got to admit. Yeah, I, your hesitancy is very well heard. And there's no guarantee, even though he's practicing, they're still right. saying he, quote unquote, has a lot more proving to do right. than compared to, like, you know, D. Eskridge and, of course, Russell Wilson, who are locks to come back to the lineup. They're saying that Carson has a lot to prove at practice with a neck injury. That thing could flare up at any point. Yeah, I'd be skeptical. Like but if he's out there, Nat, how do you not play him? I mean, yeah, I, so I agree with that. If he isn't out there, is there a playable Seattle running back? I think Collins would go right back into like 15 to 20 touches and they haven't been all that valuable when Geno Smith's been the quarterback, but he's also had three extremely hard matchups and Geno Smith at quarterback. Okay. Now you come into a, a, not a great green Bay run D by any means bottom half of the league in DVOA against the run. I think, you know, whoever the Seattle back is this week, whether it's Carson, whether it's Collins, they'll be right in my top 25 and certainly a viable RB two, regardless of who it is. Okay. Michael Hasty not participating in practice. That seems like it should be meaningless, but it actually matters for Eli Mitchell, given that he saw a 13. I'm going to talk about Eli Mitchell a little bit. So, you know what? I'll save yeah. that. Uh, but this could be important. And it could also potentially the guy that kicked me in the dick. And I somehow just continue to want to talk about Jeff Wilson, zero snaps last week, but Hey, maybe just maybe this guy, they said he could be the third down back. He's had a great week of practice and they feel a lot more comfortable using him this week. So maybe if you held on to Jeff, Zach Wilson, or Jeff Wilson rather this long, maybe this is the time we finally see the guy. I don't fucking know. Let me drink for him. That was quite a good dick kick you got last week. Mm -hmm. Antonio Gibson dealing with a shin injury remained limited in practice on Thursday. And I love this line on the report under here. Antonio's shin, and I didn't write this. I'm just reading copy. Antonio Gibson's shin and DeAndre Swift's groin are in a fierce battle to see which injury can last the longest on the report, but not cost anyone any real games or even remotely threaten their Sunday status. So there's you. There you go. That's all exactly. I have to say about it. <laughs> I'll give Roto World credit. They're, they're writers. Like, people shit on them for some reason. I, no, I like that. Blurb. And I think they're good and witty in there. They like, you know, Daigle and uh, Carter and whoever writes these, they're fantastic. I don't know why Roto World gets like – or NBC Sports, whatever they're called. You know, I, that's where I find a lot of my news. I copy and paste a bunch of them in here. Uh, the, the big takeaway here, though, is they had a bye last week, and Gibson still isn't fully healthy. Something that's clearly going to bother him all year. I And I'm higher on McKissick this week. I would rather have McKissick in my lineup than Antonio Gibson. He's out-snapped him, clearly out-targeted him all year, 86 yards on eight catches last week. So uh, it's just nerve-wracking that he couldn't – I would love, love to see him come back and be fully healthy off the bye. Still isn't. Pat's running backs, both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, remain sidelined for Thursday's practice. Brandon Bolden, Hail Mary. Could be. We'll talk about him when we get to Hail Marys at running backs. All right. We will do that. Uh, Broncos are missing all of their linemen. If you have a, uh, if you got a Broncos running back, just take that into account. Let's move I on. I think to it'll be fine. Okay. Philly has given up the fifth most points to running backs. They're pretty movable along the D line, but three linemen is no joke. That's something you do have to pay attention to. It might be more impactful in the pass game than the run game. It's still something that you have to note. At tight end, Dawson Knox was upgraded to full. He's going to be back. He was leading tight touchdowns among tight ends when he went out. He's still, I think, third among tight ends and touchdowns, even with like a four-game absence. This guy is a beast every time he's out there. I have a very tough flex decision that I, I would love to run by you guys if we have time. 
but I know we already have six yeah, questions well, nearly. We're, so. This is we're gonna have to go through the higher lower hail marys in record time. Um, oh, we always but look at dude, we're only at twenty five minutes. We got plenty of time. We're gonna Gronk. We, we know how we do it. We say this every time, and then we end up always. No, th- this is tighter than usual. Uh, Bruce Arians on Thursday said Rob Gronkowski dealing with his back issue will be back to normal in two to three weeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know (laughs) it sucks because this guy again was the number one tight end for the first three. But he'll probably be fresh for the playoffs. Exactly, and that's probably at the end of the day they're going to continue to take it slow. So if you're a Gronk owner, I don't say you drop the guy, but it is you're not going to see him for at least two more weeks. I'm throwing Um, him on IR. It sucks. So maybe OJ Howard has another game pop up here, but he hasn't been much. If Godwin and Antonio Brown and Gronk sit though, there will be some viability here. So. Again, Hail Marys. I guess we can talk about Ty Johnson and people like that when we get there in a little bit. Let's get Ty Johnson. Hey, throw the uh, throw the ticker on for quarterbacks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got we got. I didn't, I didn't scramble to throw those rankings on there for nothing. Hell uh, yeah, guys! And as we get to our high lower Hail Marys, we got forty of you in here with us. Love that. Thank you so much for being here. We really, really appreciate. It. Just to make sure you guys are aware, we will get to every single question. We do ask if you have a must answer before kickoff. Which we we will get to them all before kickoff. If you have one that you really Probably. want us to weigh out and talk about, that super chat is a great button. We're not going to see it quite now uh, until we get through these higher, lower Hail Marys. But if you're out there and you're tuned in, please consider giving us that like. We don't ask for no reason. It does really help the algorithm get us out to more people, and we really, really appreciate it. All right, let's go to quarterbacks. Guy, you're higher on this week. Returning, the guy that we care so much about that uh, the Wolf read copy on him, and then I read the exact same copy uh, five <laughs> seconds later. Russell Williams, uh, Russell Williams, Russell Wilson uh, at the Packers. You got him as your QB seven. The experts like him at nine. Yeah, I think it's a solid matchup. Since Jair has been out, they've been bought, you know, bottom five. I'm not bottom five, bottom half though, against the pass. And Russell just, he doesn't need like a game to warm up. This guy will walk right in and be getting right after it. And I think Carol, every time he gets Russ back, just seems to get like horny for him and, and seems to air it out more and more than what it seems like that wears thin after a few games. Then he decides to just hammer his running back into the line a million times. But those first couple games when he gets Russell back, it's like, Oh, I missed you buddy. And let's throw it 35 times. And I certainly think as long as Aaron Rodgers is out there, this could be one of those games that just goes back and forth. One of the more interesting games for sure of the weekend, whether or not these two guys play, but assuming both of them are out there, I think we get a shootout. I think both of those quarterbacks finish top seven uh, at the position for sure. Gary W. just threw us two bucks, but says no need to hold up the show. Just a cheers to week 10. Thanks, Gary. Love you, uh, Gary. Thank you so much for supporting <laughs> us, brother. Guy, you're lower on. I was talking to you about this before the show mm-hmm. as I was putting the rankings in. You got Pat Mahomes going uh, at the Raiders as your QB 10, five spots below the experts. Uh, I can't believe the experts have him at five. It's also crazy looking back, uh, you know, from the beginning of the season that there could be any scenario where you would be ranking this guy 10th. And on top of that, I think you might be too high, which is just nuts. <laughs> It's, it is absolutely nuts. And I actually saw he's still third in touchdowns this year, which blows really? my mind because these last three weeks, you would never imagine. He did start so hot. He must he have had like a lead by like 15 or something. He was going nuts to start the year. Since then, he's been figured out nearly completely. The quarterback 22. Easy, Wolf. I had a good, tough burp there coming up. Uh, quarterback 22, quarterback 17, and quarterback 22 across his last three games. 9, 15, and 10 fantasy points. He's not only been bad, he's losing you weeks That's right terrible. now is Pat Mahomes. Honestly terrible. And the Raiders themselves are one of the tougher matchups. They've really stifled yeah, – they're pretty bad against running backs, one of those run-funnel defenses. They're giving up the seventh most uh, – seventh fewest points, rather, two quarterbacks, so a pretty good secondary. I, I just – 
I don't see this being the time that Pat Mahomes gets himself together and gets this show back on track. I don't know if he ever will this season. Ever is a strong statement, but this season, something just seems up. Defenses have seemed to figure them out, and I think they're they're a weapon away. They're an Odell away from getting themselves together. I, I'm not. I have no faith in him. I don't have. I don't see him getting it together. Yeah, and that's crazy. I mean, and you're not crazy for saying it. It's just a crazy phenomenon that's occurred. That exactly. Uh, it's nuts. So- it feels so wrong that it feels so wrong, but it's clearly right. I mean, he seemed like a sure thing. He seemed like a, a LeBron James type or something, right. you know, and, and here the we go. The face of the NFL the next 10 years. And he still could be, but as of right now, he's not. <laughs> Taylor Heineke going against the Bucks. He's your Hail Mary. You got him as your QB 17. He's only 14% owned. It, I mean, it's a dice roll because he's. Yeah, had, well, that's what well, a Hail Mary is. It's a dice and roll. That's, and that's the whole point. He's either been over 20 in half of his games or he's been below 12 in half of his games. So you're either going to get a fucking dick kick or you're going to get 20 points. Although, granted, Pat Mahomes has been under 12 in three straight games. So, you know, you better serve maybe go to Taylor Heineke. At least he's been putting up 20 at some points. He does have that sneaky Konami upside. And, of course, the matchup with the Bucks. they're going to be chasing points. They're going to need to continue to huck. And, and I just think this is one of those weeks you get a couple passing, maybe a rushing touchdown. Uh, I think Heineke has a nice rebound effort after a couple bad games. As we move on to must watch, can I just say how much I appreciate the fact that the term dick kick has been used now three times on the episode. All right. <laughs> must watch. Uh, term of week 10, dick kick. Right, right. You know, <laughs> Seahawks in Russ's return. That's a must watch. Also Aaron Rodgers back. I definitely will tune in to see what goes on with him, whether with the Packers, whether he plays or not. Exactly. That just matchup right there is my must watch for quarterbacks, assuming they're both in. Would love to see. And I also want to see what Carson Wentz, like he's been hot right now. He gets the Jags again. I love, I love watching this guy. I can't wait to see what he's doing. Is this a real true career resurrection? Uh, I'm intrigued to see. And, and as well as Josh Allen, like what the fuck happened last week? Are you going to rebound and be an absolute stud against the Jets? You should be. What measure the Jets? somehow beat the Bills this week? Will the world just light on fire? <laughs> if Josh Allen loses to the Jags and the Jets in consecutive weeks, I think he should just turn in his NFL card. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, yeah. folks. See you later. Running back ticker. I got you, Nat. <laughs> All right. Running backs. Guy, you're higher on. Eli Mitchell versus the Rams. You got him as your RB16, four above the experts. You also like Moggs Gaskin uh, going against the Raider, uh, Ravens tonight. RB17, four above the experts. Um, I'm interested in the Mitchell pick specifically. Because I did not read the article, but I skimmed through the Matthew Barry love hate uh, list, and he has Mitchell on his hate list. So I'm curious to know your thoughts. I didn't read his reasoning. I'm just saying he doesn't like him. And I'd guess like what? Why he hates I don't him. really like Barry. So whatever. Exactly. <laughs> not a friend of the pod. Sadly. No, didn't he block uh, you on Twitter? We, we, yeah, he blocked me, and I, I don't even know how or why. I've never directly interacted with him. That was like four years ago, right? I know it sucks. Like I'd like to at least like talk to the guy, you know, at some point. But, hey, you can't win them all, I guess. Uh, Whenever he stayed healthy, 16, 17, 20, and 10. So last week was a a concerning points-wise. But last week was also the most encouraging usage-wise. He had an 89% carry share. And most encouragingly, he had a 12%, 12 12.9%, nearly 13% target share. That's the one thing that's kind of been missing in his game is the receptions receiving work. He had five for 43 last week. So if you add that monopoly on the backfield carries and the best scheme in the NFL for running backs – you mix in those running back receptions, Jamichael Hasty likely to miss the game. We get five catches and 18 carries for this guy on Monday Night Football. The Rams are 18th in running back points, so right in the middle of the pack. They seem scarier than they actually are. I think Eli Mitchell shouldn't be any sit-start questions. He should absolutely be locked in lineups, and I'm six spots higher 
uh, than the Espers for a reason. Miles Gaskin tonight, for those of you playing, I'd love to preview and toss in a few names for Thursday Night Football. The guy had 26 opportunities last week. That's the most that a Miami back has seen, I think, in the last two years. And he didn't do a ton with that. Uh, he ultimately was the running back 15 with 13 fantasy points, was okay with that work. But work is work, and Baltimore is sneaky, really bad against running backs this year. They're giving up the eighth most points to the position, a definite run funnel defense. If we get another 15 carries and five to six targets for Miles Gaskin, I think we're going to have a real big night on our hands. I wouldn't even be opposed to using this guy. If you're playing the DFS showdowns, he could be a sneaky captain that no one's going to use at captain that could di differentiate. I know Lamar Jackson. You probably have to have him at captain. But if you want to save some money and be different from the pack for those really large field GPPs, I wouldn't be surprised to see Miles Gaskin have himself a really big day. Top 17 running back just below Dearness Johnson for me, assuming that Chubb is out. I hope that each team runs the ball 55 times tonight. <laughs> All right, guy, you're lower on Michael Carter. You got him as your RB19. That's five below the experts. I'm actually surprised the experts have him as high as they do. Exactly. Mike White is playing, which is always great for Carter and the running backs. I mean, just targeting them at 42% clip of his throws have gone to the running back position. That's the plus here. The negative is he's got the Bills, the hardest matchup for running backs. They've erased pretty much every running back that's come across their path. I don't think Michael Carter is the guy to suddenly break that fucking trend. And the guy's coming off a nine-point day. Like, Ty Johnson just continues to eat away at those goal-line looks. And as soon as you think Carter's going to be an absolute monster, it just doesn't come into full fruition. Tevin Coleman's also practicing this week. Not that you should be all that worried about Tevin Coleman, but just a little bit more cheese nibbling makes him that much less attractive of a play. I've got a lot of, like, Carter versus Gaskin questions. Get Gaskin on it. Gaskin. Yeah, Gaskin for me, at least. Every time I've gone all in on Gaskin, by the way, he's only been horrible. So right. I, 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 I know I'm going to answer Gaskin. Keep that data point in mind, folks. It's just something to keep decisions. in mind. I've never gotten Gaskin right. If I say bench him against the Tampa Bay Bucks, he has 35. If I say right. start him against the Atlanta Falcons, he has fucking two. So I don't know how to lock down Gaskin, but I think Malcolm Brown being removed and 26 touches last week like tells me this guy's in a pretty firm role. We're going to find out in like half an hour. Yeah, um, sure. You know, Benjamin, Hail Mary, going against Carolina, 14% rostered. Honestly, I don't know much about this guy. What can you tell me in like 30 seconds? I can tell you that he is behind only James Conner on the Atlanta depth chart. He had nine carries for 38 Atlanta. yards and a Wait, touchdown. Atlanta I mean, or Arizona? Arizona. Sorry, okay. Arizona, not Atlanta. Okay. Uh, Arizona. Um, so he, he comes right in. Great pass catcher. They've already talked about upping his workload, how he's approached the game at a new level in his sophomore season. Walked in as like this athletic freak that has now really embraced the game. I uh, took him a, a bit to learn the playbook. He can really pass catch. That was kind of his calling card coming into the league. He didn't see any targets last week. Connor had them all. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him take over like almost a immediate fit in for that that uh, Chase Edmonds type of role with a little bit of less carries. I think Connor will see 20-plus touches and have a monstrous day as he did last week. But I wouldn't be shot, shocked if I see Eno Benjamin have 12 to 15 touches. And as a guy that's out there in nearly 90% of leagues, you don't typically see that. Plus, you have the fact that James Conner, Nat, you know his injury history. We could see an Eno Benjamin just monopoly on the backfield as early as next week if something okay. happens to James Conner when he gets that. that Every time he gets the bell cow treatment, he gets hurt. 
So I think Eno Benjamin, at least as a stash, is very sexy. And if you're desperate for a running back, could be that Hail Mary you need. We've actually already touched on both these must-watches. We just talked about the Arizona backfield with no Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Um, and also, um, anything to add on it, the Antonio Gibson health angle? Or we already said what needs to be said. We need, Exactly. Like I was hoping he'd be fully healthy coming out of the bye and prove to be that second-half surge piece. The fact that he's limited in practice does really worry me. But I do want to see what he looks like. Does he have that burst we saw so often last year? Or is he just going to be hampered by the shin? And is it going to be kind of the McKissick show moving forward? We will find out soon. Smash the like button as we go to wide receivers. And, of course, I told the Wolf uh, beforehand, hey, don't like throw like three guys in for every position because we're in a rush. (laughs) Of course, I'm like there's three guys on the first wide receiver thing. What can I do? Hollywood, we're going to have to fly is what we're going to have to I'm my own worst enemy. Hollywood Brown. uh, It's like on that Simpsons quote, alcohol, the Cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> As I right. can pour my beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the nose, right? Hollywood Brown uh, playing at the Dolphins. Wide receiver 10, three spots above the experts. I agree with you on that one. Tyler Lockett going against the Packers. Uh, wide receiver 17. I'm not sure where the experts have him, but I guess you like him more. And Brandon Ayuk coming back from the night. He's not even the corpse of Brandon Ayuk anymore. He's like a zombie, reanimated maybe. Wide receiver 31, four above the experts. Yeah, he's one of those like fast movie. You know those movies like you, you typically have the lumbering zombies, but then there's movies with zombies just fucking. World sprint. War Z when they're fast. That, that terrifies the shit it's out of scary me. Scary as shit. <laughs> like a fast zombie is terrifying, and that's what Brandon Ayuk's going to be. That guy is still flying all over the field. He played ninety percent of the snaps, ninety percent of the routes, twenty percent target share. He fumbled, and they still went back to the guy, and he had six catches, eighty-nine yards, and a touchdown. I think I think he's back. I think the guy that you thought you were getting for a fifth round pick is back. It, I, certainly I'm not ranking him at like top 17 right now where I would have had him there, but I am ready. If I see another week of it, I'm ready to take that plunge and call him a top 20 receiver rest of the season. He's okay. right on that cusp for me. Um, and, and I think this is the week where he proves it, especially with Debo Samuel a little bit banged up. So he's the one that's probably out there or not even out there in leagues, but more on the cusp of sit starts. I lean towards starting even with a really hard matchup on the docket against the Rams. Um <laughs> Tunes is the best. He always texts me and pops up on my computer screen. Change the banner. There we go. Changing the banner for you, Kyle Tunes. Uh, Tyler Lockett. What else do you need to know? The guy had 12 catches and 140 yards with Geno Smith at QB. Gets open at will. Gets a Green Bay team that will have no Jair Alexander. Number one corner is truly a number two corner. Will be on DK. So Tyler Lockett will manhandle whoever. Kevin King. Whoever. I don't even remember what the name is of them. But I think right with his boy back. Russell Wilson, we're going to have a field day for Tyler Lockett. Should be in the, the top, you know, I have him at 17. I'm going to bump him up even higher the more I talk about him. Right. Top 15 wide receiver easily this week. And then, yeah, I just wanted to remind you, your cheeks are going to get clapped tonight by Marquise Brown. He's had 19 PPR points in every game except two. One of those games should have been 35 plus. So truly, if it weren't for three drops, this guy would have had 19 or more in every game. There's no other except one. No other receiver has matched that consistency, and yet he continues to get labeled as this like boom bust. Can you trust Mark? I don't get it. I don't know why we have not accepted this guy as a bona fide true wide receiver one. He is absolutely that 14 and 12 targets across his last two games. He does it all. He is a very complete. We were a year too early, Nat. We were all in last year. We oh, I had him year last year, and you and loved the pick. And I was so yeah. Anyway, we don't it's, we don't have time to go. There's into nothing that. worse than being a year early to that, especially when we're as spiteful as human beings as we are. Because n- neither one of us could have gone back to him this year. But fuck him, he didn't no, play for us. He and was if like we the, him, I, I had a list would. of 
like four guys where I was like, I will not draft him no matter what. And he would exactly. And he was nope. definitely on there. And I bet you this, if we did draft him, he wouldn't be playing well. He's no, one of those guys sucked. that just does. It's like James Conner for me. Didn't do a thing. He had literally three and five fantasy points across two starts this year. Then I cut him and look at what he's done. There's just guys that will never play for you. If we had drafted Marquis, you guys are all welcome that me and Nat, whoever has Marquis Brown out there, if we had drafted him, I guarantee you would have sucked. Yeah, you so, should send us like 10% or whatever you win. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Lower. We got to hustle. Mike Pittman going oh, against God, Jacksonville. Baby. So, I mean, you know, I mean, wide receiver 16, the experts actually had him at nine. DJ Moore, you got to throw him just on principle on the lower list. Playing yep. against the Falcons, wide receiver 26, four below the experts. Yeah, Michael Pittman, I don't have a reason to hate the guy. It's just more so I like all the names above him. I don't hate the guy at all. I'm starting him wherever I have him. But uh, there's some names he's ahead of that just kind of blow my mind. And and granted, the guy has been a top 12 receiver in three straight weeks, 20 points in two of those three games. But, like, he's ahead of CeeDee Lamb and Deontay Johnson and Keenan Allen and Debo Samuel and Marquise Brown. Like, I just can't have this guy above them. So, to me – of all these names on the list, he's the one that, like, if he only had, like, 10 points this week, I he would be the one that I would pick to most disappoint among those impressive lists of names, especially with T.Y. Hilton coming back. That could be a little bit of cheese nibbling there. Uh, it's, again, not that I don't like Pittman. It's more so everybody around him. Uh, and then the the other name, I'm lower on DJ Moore, just – Again, just because. he's averaging just a smidge over 10 PPR points per game across his last five games after averaging 22 through the first four weeks. And he's, I think people are starting to wake up. I've been like 10 lower than him, and now I'm only five. It's P.J. Walker at QB. Makes sense, but I'm still like, I don't know that I need this guy in my lineup. I'd probably rather have Hunter Renfro or, you know, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle tonight. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Give me all those guys instead of DJ Moore. I'm okay. It's not even a QB thing. It's just the whole offense thing. It's just not him. It's not working this year. 753, we got 75 questions. Uh, oh, baby. Hail, Hail Mary, Jamal. I told you it was tighter than usual. Jamal Agnew, 9% rostered. Tim Patrick, 20% rostered. That's a lie. He's actually 26% rostered. But still, that's crazy to me. And Alan Lazard, 6% rostered. Who do you like the best out of those three? I I mean, Patrick has led the team in receiving in back-to-back it's weeks. Definitely Patrick. It was a Judy back. So, yeah, Patrick. he's definitely the top option. But I do think Alan Lazard against a Seattle team, giving up a, a, the top 15 in terms of points allowed to wide receivers. The last two games with Rodgers, he's had a touchdown in back-to-back games. MVS is back, so that does muddy it a little bit. Agnew is the sneaky, like, upside, high-ceiling play. The Cordell Patterson of the Jags, which the Jags just reduces any type of Quarter up anything, I can't exactly 12 <laughs> targets though. Two weeks ago, I uh, got erased by the Bills. Everyone gets erased by the Bills. I, I'm telling you right now, Jamal Agnew will be among the top. You know, Benjamin and Jamal Agnew will be in the top five of every waiver wire pickup list next week. Is LaVisca Chenault the Cooper Cup of the Jags? Oh, he's done. He's toast. He's fucking trash. No, no more Levinsky Chanel talk, baby. You must watch. Of course, you threw a million guys on here. Rashad the God, Devontae Smith continuing the express. Can Mike Willie go again? I'm interested in the Williams one. I'm pulling for him. Fingers crossed. Come on, Mike. Five targets or less in four of his last five games. I'm really And then when that doesn't happen, he scores like 33. Yeah, the one time it didn't happen, he had 16 and 30 points. So he's still probably in lineups. I'm really nervous about it, though. Devonta Smith, he really got it cooking against a good Chargers defense. I, I'm hoping this is like the start of just the rest of the year he cooks because he is so good. He's wide open all the time. It seems like Jalen Hurts finally is finding him. Tight ends. Hunter Henry, you're higher on him than the experts going against Cleveland. Tight end 12. That's three spots above the people that think they know everything. 
<laughs> as do I as well. It's a touchdown every single week. The other people one who week. think they know everything. Yeah, I know I do know everything. And I do know that Hunter Henry has scored a touchdown in seven uh or six of his last seven games. And that's pretty much all he does, but he's been a tight end eleven or higher in all of his those games that he scored a touchdown because tight ends, that's all you need for is a touchdown. He's gonna score a touchdown this week. That's all you need to know. Zach Ertz going against Carolina. You get tons of questions about Ertz. You got him as your tight end 16, three below the experts. You know me. I've said he falls into the same category as like your Odell Beckhams. Uh, you know, there's a few other examples that that I'm having a hard time coming up with. Guys who used to be really good and aren't anymore, but people still act like they're really good. Julio Jones maybe falls into that category. Oh, yeah. Julio's 100% in that category. We need a point. name for that, by the way, for the glossary. Just like the guys that are like name, it's name value. Like it's name value. Yeah, but we need something more clever than that. Something, something like something more clever than that. But yeah, Panthers are much tougher against tight ends than they are wide receivers. Uh, although Gilmore being there, that might change it. Either way, Ertz is, he has a he's had one touchdown game where otherwise he had that that fifteen point day against Houston, the worst team against tight ends, and that really came down to a forty yard touchdown uh, that happened like towards the last half of the game. That play hadn't happened. He'd have four, six, and four points against the position. And I hate when people do that. Oh, you take away their biggest run. They don't you know, score much. But he was one big play away from being useless since he arrived in Arizona. I think we get a useless game this week. That's that's about it. That's fair. Hail Mary. Uh, Dan Arnold, who I tried to actually pick up on waivers, and someone else snapped him up 26% on. I think he's a good play. Maybe the best pass catcher on the Jags, which is you know damning with faint praise, I admit. And Donald Parham, who I actually really like this pickup, 1% owned, playing for the Chargers, a sneaky guy. Uh, he nibbled plenty of Mike Williams' cheese last game. He's going to nibble cheese and cheese and cheese again. A 6'5 XFL legend beast. I think he's, you know, we talked about we every week it was Fry for the last four weeks as our Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. And and clearly that panned out big. He's at 41% rostered. I think he's even over half at this point. Uh, so obviously we can't keep going back to him. But who's the next guy that could be a Pat Fry type of player that just scores, scores, and scores some more? I think Donald Parham could be that, especially if Jared Cook ever went down. He has some upside, and he's a great touchdown bet at 6'5". Herbert loves him. They love targeting him there. So he could be a, a good touchdown or bust option. If you want a little bit of a higher floor, though, Dan Arnold has led the Jags in receiving in back-to-back weeks, 68 and 60 yards. It's not a huge scene. That, that but it's actually game a, in receiving. That, that's they they won one of those games. Right? Tight end 5, tight end 14, and half PPR, 10 and 7 targets. That's just nice, steady volume at a position that rarely sees it. So even though the upside's not great, the floor is actually pretty nice with Dan Arnold at only 26% rostered. Should be starting probably in every league. Must watch is we were just throwing these out like as we were like scrambling to get on the air because Facebook was about to cancel our stream because we were so late. Uh, Wolf's like, who do you want to see? I was like, Kyle Pitts. And he's like, George Kittle. I was like, yeah. Oh. And then he just threw Fryer Muth on on principle and Dawson Knox returned. Don't know if we need to say anything about any of those guys, but those are the guys we want to see. Dude, it's 819. We actually finished. We got them all in. We knew we would. Fuck yeah. We always do truth. We promise it to the people and we yeah, always this deliver. One, this was this one goes for Denny Jennings. Late. I'm going to chug one of my favorite beers for Denny Jennings. Mm. And AM, we love Lockett. I mean, we love Bateman, but Lockett over Lockett. him by far. I, as much as I like Bateman, it's Lockett for me. And, it's, and I, I like Bateman a lot, but Lockett I love. So AM, great questions. Thank you. We appreciate it, but it's got to be Lockett over Bateman. All righty, guys. Ward, good awesome. evening. Great evening. Grind don't stop. Let's get our guy fucking going. 100%. Um, Melissa Adams 
enjoy exactly we love him because he's a long shot stud exactly and the thing is too long shot stud like has that deep play can destroy your defense deep but also 12 catches last week like he can do it all he's he's every all over the field i'm going Lockett, and bateman could kill it tonight am and i still think Lockett could outperform it no matter how good bateman does for you that's how good he is russ being back Melissa Adams is, is giving me all the points I was going to make. Melissa Adams is giving you in the chat. Anyways, Ward Willis, fresh off the election win. Love to see you. Good evening too. a little late here. Denny still sucks from John. Love these two going back and forward. This has been a blast. Wolf. Hey, John, give us a subscribe. We want yeah, you John, get your ass too. over here too. And thank you. John, if John, I imagine is the, uh, the, the one who serves. Thank you so much, especially on veterans yep. day and happy veterans day for anyone that was tuned in here. as a veteran or catching the replay. Thank you guys so, so much for your service, the ultimate sacrifice. If John, if that's you, I imagine you're the one that Denny's been talking about. Thank you indeed. I hope you guys have a blast tonight getting after it. It's clear that you already are. RoadStreetJournal.com is where we breathe and feed fantasy wolves. All this content, all my rankings will be up there. Let's go, Rashad Bateman, for all of us. Grind, don't stop. Uh, I don't care you don't do fantasy football. Subscribe anyway. Subscribe anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you guys are the best. You're the reason we do this. We really, really appreciate you being here. I'll be live on Saturday, not Sunday, usually Sunday. This week it will be Saturday because I'm going to the Pats game on Sunday. Saturday, 11 a.m. If you need your set starts, get on down here. We'll get a little warm-up on Saturday. We know Denny Jennings. You don't need an excuse to drink with us on Saturday morning. Get on over here. Maybe, truth, you can join me and CJ, too. I don't know if you're free on Saturday. Probably at Bed Bath & Beyond or some shit. No, soccer life. games, basketball games. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but great stuff, guys. Thank you again so much for being here. I'm the Wolf. I'm the truth. Fancy Fullback Dive is also our podcast form. I didn't pump that, but we do love all you podcast listeners out there too. If you're listening to the last like fucking bit here, I don't want you guys to feel underappreciated. We do love you so much. So thank you guys everywhere. Uh, thanks again for being here. Uh, and in a world full of fancy sheep, guys, be the wolf. Be the wolf. Fuck, let's fucking go, Rashad Bateman. Be that wolf tonight, baby. Later, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.